You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast where we drink beer and talk about the NBA like we know things. Back with Nathan, we are going to be going over a little recap of rundown of some of the teams and their current standings about 15 ish, 16 ish games into the season. Let's see. Yeah. And yeah. About 15, 16, 17, depending on the team. Covering in a little in season tournament. Uh, uh, yeah, a little in season kind of recap, and yeah. we're a little about a week away from in season the first inaugural in season tournament finals. So, yep, we've got the uh, the final group play games are tomorrow, um, Tuesday the twenty eighth. Um, already, so I guess we can start there since that's kind of the thing that's upcoming here the soonest. A um, couple teams have already clinched some spots. A couple teams, more than a couple teams, have already been eliminated. The only teams that have clinched, funny enough, are the Indiana Pacers and the Los Angeles Lakers. They're the only teams who have clinched. They both went 4-0 and in their group play. Locked it up. So there's a couple teams who are currently 3-0 and um, who could go 4-0 and with the last of their group play games yesterday, but... Teams that have been eliminated include the Raptors, the Bulls, the Wizards, the Pistons, the Nuggets, a little surprising there, um, the Jazz, the Thunder, also a bit surprising, the Mavericks, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs. So significantly more West teams have already been eliminated. Then the East teams, again, this is an East versus West in-season tournament. Um, we were kind of discussing earlier whether you could kind of really mix it up. But given the schedule, it might just be easier to keep it East versus West. I think so. We, we, which, if anybody's unaware, it's the same type of basketball. It's the same game that's being played. They actually laid it over the regular season schedule quite perfectly, where you essentially just have these two days of the week that are going to be just like normal regular season, but those games are going to be in-season tournament games. But still count towards your regular season record. You do so. the round robin, so mm-hmm. you're, you're in a pool of four, four uh, five teams, and you play the other four, or you play them all, so there's four games. And mm-hmm. once you, you win that, if you go 4-0 like the Lakers and the Pacers did, you get to uh, move on to the in-season tournament, quote-unquote. Now, Ramoni, is the tournament a normal game, too? Are they doing the Elam ending for that? I'm just thinking DMB is always looking to spice things up. And, you know, obviously, I would assume there'll be adjustments to this tournament to come in the next couple of years as they adjust. But I didn't know if they were trying to make it different, do the Elam ending like they added to the All-Star game. Obviously, you can't really do that for the pool play games because those are still regular season games. Right. But I think only reason it wouldn't work that as well is because those are also regular season games. True. Um, True. Which is fun. That's going to be quite interesting that they're they're actual. It's another level up from a from a turn. So there's regular season. There's in season tournament. Now there's in season tournament and finals. There's yeah in season tournament 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 games. <laughs> which is, it's kind of interesting, and I I think. Not that this is indicative, because I, I don't think we'll truly see how teams are taking this 
tournament until we get a couple more years under our belt. Because, I mean, you have teams, and maybe they just happen to lose these games, who are at the top of the standings in their conferences and are eliminated. The Oklahoma City Thunder are currently second in the West with a record of 11-5 and and are already eliminated from the in-season tournament. So, I mean... There's a reason for that. So they had gotten kind of worked over and uh, roughened up uh, on one of their games, uh, their first games, and it was a game where they didn't have all their guys as well, injury. Um, Same can be said with the Nuggets. You know, Jamal Murray's been out and is going to be out for probably another couple weeks. And I do think being a team that it's not – that it has won most recently, they just won the tournament, like the, the thing everyone's going for. So this thing, if they would have came in and, and won that, yeah, I'm sure that would have been like a – we're so good. We we're awesome, but they're, they're still figuring stuff out. They're still experimenting. This is what I think Michael Malone is, hasn't been treating this and not to say that they're not trying to win. They're always trying to win, but they haven't been treating this as differently as I think other teams have listening to former coaches here, say how that they would treat this game. Um, if they were, you know, coaching it now is that they would treat it like a tournament game. They would treat it like a playoffs, like, Try to prep your guys, see who's going to be the uh, the rotation guys who you can count on. And hey, tonight's going to be a little different. You usually get minutes, but I don't. If this is the way that we're playing this game, we are definitely going to win. I'm not playing you tonight, and that that should be you know more of a uh, wake up to that guy or to to tell him that hey, we just really need to win this game. Cough, cough, LeBron looking at the rest of his roster. Look at them going for him. He's, he's like, we're winning this damn thing. He's got something else up his sleeve, man. He's definitely been trying, I'll say, harder or smarter. or fa- He's just shown out for these games. That was a clean it's, it's, it's not even these games. It's I mean, we can sit here and harp about LeBron forever, but it's, I mean, the numbers he's putting up right now are just insane. It's like, Every time I look at the box score, I'm like, oh, man, Lakers won another one. And guess what? It wasn't Anthony Davis leading the team. And that was the big storyline coming into the season. Anthony Davis is going to take over and going to lead man. this team. Had to be his year. But LeBron's like, okay, I'm here we here. are. <laughs> you know, 16 minutes into the game and you're still not showing up. I guess I'll go do it again. You know, it's. And I think the I think the the bench around him's been you know jury's still out you know it's still early they've made some changes they've moved um, reddish to the starting lineup um, which is interesting uh, but you know they're still figuring out but at the end of the day it's like LeBron's still bailing this team out like yeah it's it's hard not to um, they put them in some situations where they're feeding minutes to guys that they're trying to pump minutes into and, and increase their stats. Uh, like I don't hate Austin Reeves coming off the bench as like your sixth man. The Clippers just made a very similar adjustment, moving Westbrook to the bench to be their sixth man. I don't think the Clippers have lost a game since that's happened. Maybe they, maybe one, but they've made a turn. But um, yeah, I guess I mean in that way, moving people pieces around is, is kind of what you have to experiment with. And I think that's what the Lakers are doing. The the Clippers definitely needed to do. And after making that, uh, James Harden. Do we talk about that? No, I don't think Okay, yeah. So James Harden's on the Clippers now. Yep. That's uh, a, a, a heavy, heavy top-end roster there with Kawhi, Paul George, Westbrook, and Harden. Um, what are your given that you're you're a Westbrook guy and you follow the Clippers a little closer than I do? What uh, what are your thoughts on it? 
I like the idea of it more than the actual act of it. So they traded away. Here, I got, I got you right here. The 76ers sent Harjan, P.J. Tucker, Philip Petrusa to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, and a 2029 pick swap, and an additional first round pick from the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, picks and other than like I, Marcus Morris is still serviceable, Robert Covington is, and so is PJ Tucker. But like, let's not sit here and pretend that Nicholas Batum is still serviceable in the NBA right now. He is actually. I will argue that he is. He's actually been very good for the 76ers in their run because they do, they went a full like six or seven game stretch uh, winning streak. After yeah, like on the back of Tyrese Maxey though. He's, okay, he's having a great year. He's having a great year, no doubt. But it's also it takes other players doing the other things besides scoring to to help push a team. Which Tyrese Maxey, God love him, and he is very good. Not not trying to to downplay what he's been doing, but. I've been watching some Sixers games, and they're playing Nicholas Batum a good bit more than I thought they would. And every, Robert Covington every, hasn't played every, as much. Every team does, and it just it makes no sense. No, it doesn't. It makes no sense. But he's he's serviceable, and he plays hard, and I get it. I get it from that standpoint. But on the Clippers' side of things, what it did for them in the short term was shorten their bench, which they already had a pretty deep bench, so it just – put some heavier burden on the current players on the on the court to actually do things that they hadn't done before, like playing aggressive defense or uh, covering screens or uh, watching the backside instead of just switching it over. Um, they've had to do things <laughs> that the other role players were there for. So shifting that was a transition. And uh, the whole moving Russ to the bench thing, the thing that he asked for, he suggested – uh, and came out and said, hey, I, I think I'd like to come off the bench. Uh, it might help. And suggested, hey, and, you know, he's right. He's like, you know what? It's, it's, we've, we've got a redundancy at the, the ball handling position in the first group. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back to the second. And he's been doing well. He's not been doing uh, typical rust numbers, but I think he's been doing it on, like for his minutes, he's been doing excellent. His defense been coming around it's not always always ever present but you know doing what he can i still rust thumper as you can as you can tell mm -hmm. all right we're not going to run down uh the east conference here and we'll uh we'll kind of discuss uh maybe some surprises some things you know we we've observed so far so 1 to 15 the east is as follows Celtics, Magic, Bucks, Sixers, Pacers, Heat, Knicks, Cavs, Hawks, Nets, Raptors, Hornets, Bulls, Pistons, Wizards. Big surprise being the Orlando Magic 12 and 5 holding down the 2 seed in the east right now. What do you think? Is this another hot start for a team that's going to lose 18 of their next 20? They've won 7 in a row which is tied for the best winning streak in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns. I would say that it is going to – there will be a, a bit of a fall-off eventually in the midseason slog. They still have a young team, so being able to account for that for their bodies and their their minds and make that an 82-game se season feel short uh, I think is going gonna, is gonna to be more challenging for them than, say – uh, the Celtics or the Bucks or the 76ers, who I think are going to weather the storm. They've been there. 
uh, before. So we'll see how, how they can hold up as, as, as far as their standings go. But I did call that the Magic would be in a deep playoff contending uh, threat if they uh, made the playoffs this year. So it's looking good that they're going to be making the playoffs. It's looking good. We'll see. It could have a tragic fall off. Yeah, I mean, they got um, six guys in double figures right now. They're with, with Ben Carroll and Wagner. Yeah, and they drafted for that. You think of, I mean, obviously, you, you think of Jonathan Isaac, and he's slowly getting back into it. You know, he's been out for for years, but, you know, you've got Dan Carroll, who's lengthy guy, you got both Wagner's, Wendell Carter, Jalen Suggs was built as a lackey point guard coming out of college. It allows them, those first guys you mentioned, to have some of the shorter guys, like the Anthony Blacks, the Jalen Suggs, the Cole Anthonys of the world, and even those guys who I just mentioned are are pretty good uh, at defense for their position. So, they've had a defensive, lengthy approach to the guys that they draft and they traded for. And I think it's worked out pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I think they've got a very good, and they've got a deep team uh, in terms of uh, assets and, and picks as well. So that's, that's why I feel really good about them making a long haul. They're going to be probably a sleeper. I don't know about a sleeper, but they're going to be a contender for the in season tournament title. Uh, they're like I said, they're, they're tenacious. They're going after it. They're hungry. They're, they haven't won anything yeah. in, in the words of Tyrese Halliburton, I've never won anything. Like I want to win a tournament. I want to win like for those guys who didn't make their, their AAU or their, their maybe, maybe they did. They just, you lose the, the value of winning, but you got a lot of, a lot of guys on this team who played, who played on, played on very good college teams who did not win a national championship, who got close. You know, you've got a bunch of Duke players. You've got some Michigan players, some UNC. You've got some Gonzaga. You've got some guys who are accustomed to being part of a winning team in throughout growing up, like most NBA players. Let's be honest, but you know, they haven't quite quite been able to to get over it. So yeah, I think they'll they'll definitely be a force in in the in season tournament. You think they have what it takes to stay in the top? Do you project them being in the top six come come March, come April, or do you think you see them more going to be in in a playing spot? Uh, I think they'd still be top six um, if they continue to play like they have been uh, in recent, like they're on this seven win game winning streak. But it's more likely they'll be in the playing. I think they could hold on to a six seed, maybe five seed. Um, but eventually they're going to be able to be game plan for, and they've got patterns and that'll be the, the more you can keep changing and having things move the the harder it is for yeah. people to figure you out. Yeah. Eventually they, they do, but within the season, it's also tough because they don't travel to train. I'm sorry. They don't practice as much as just keep in shape and run conditioning and, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What's, what's tough for them is it, you know, they, you look at the top four teams in the East. You have Celtics, Magics, Bucks, Sixers. You have a bona fide superstar on the other three teams. You don't on the Magic. So when they start game planning for you and they've kind of figured you out, the other three teams that are all around them have one, if not two, at least in terms of Boston and Milwaukee, two superstars who can kind of take over a game and, and, and beat the beat the other team game planning for you. And maybe the Magic find that. And maybe Bancaro can kind of turn her into turn into that. You know, this is only a second year. Um, but 
there's like I said, there's a lot of experience um, on the other teams, and there's just not a whole lot on the Magic. So I think ahead of schedule. I think, you know, we've been saying this, you know, keep being bad, keep playing the young guys and get draft picks and see how it works. You know, they're kind of the the Oklahoma City Thunder of the Magic. It just seems like they've taken maybe one less year to do it. Or, yeah, the East. And maybe seems like they've taken one less year to do it. Um, I'd expect them to be this high. But, again, you know, there's almost 60 plus, there's 60 plus more games left in the season. So, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I think... One of my favorite players to watch has been um, Tyrese Halliburton. He has been pretty phenomenal. Um, I was going to say the Pacers. So I see they're they're a fun team. You know they're they're fast. They love to run up and down. They score like 140 points every single game. Well, you know why they do that? Let's see. Do you have any how many how many threes they shoot? They yeah. are like. Just chucking so, up these threes all the time. They would, they, any old timer would hate to watch. Everybody in, I bet people in Indianapolis probably, if they weren't winning, the old school, the, 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 old the, school Bobby, the Bobby Knight fans <laughs> of Indiana, hating this team. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, Why are we yeah. shooting so, threes? The Bucks are in second at 120.4 points per game. The Oklahoma City Thunder are third with 119.6 points per game. And the Pacers are first at 128.8 points per game. Granted, they do give up 125 points per game as well, so they uh, they have to score a lot to win. But yeah, they shoot a lot, they run up and down the court, they play fast. They're they're a fun team to watch, and Halliburton's playing fantastic. I think he's averaging something like 25 and darn near 12 assists a game right now, which is just absurd. Yeah, yeah, 25 and 12, um, which is absurd. Which is absurd, and I mean, you look if you're the Kings, and it's like, yeah, I mean, Fox is nice, and you got uh, Duarte back, and you got um, who's the other guard that they got in the trade for Halliburton? But I I can't remember who it is. I'll look it up here. But it's like, man, if you were the Kings, wouldn't you love to have Fox and Halliburton as a backcourt right now? Mm, I don't know. I, I don't think so. The, the reason, no? the exact reason why they, they traded him was because he couldn't be this guy on their team. Tyrese Halliburton needs the ball in his hands to be that couldn't, guy. Couldn't be the guy with. And De'Aaron Fox. Fox needs to be that guy as well. He's got to have the ball in his hands. And I understand that. And that's what makes him good point guards also makes him less good shooting guards because they're always looking to pass instead of also shoot. And granted, when they can shoot, as they, they can, when they don't have the pressure to shoot, is when they thrive. So that's why I think Tyrese Halliburton and Darren Fox wouldn't be good on the same team together and why they needed to be on different teams. It's just stupid that Indiana didn't pick uh, um, Tyrese Halliburton. When they had the opportunity, they passed him over. So many people passed him over and let him fall to 11. 11. They even, yeah. You know, it's funny. The Phoenix Suns had a chance to draft this guy. Instead, they picked Alex Smith. Oh yeah, he's also on the Phoenix Suns or on the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, <laughs> you kidding yeah. me? There would have been no reason to like trade for CP3. Exactly. At all, you could just kept Durant. You could have traded. You would have made the Durant trade. You could have just. Hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? It it is. It is funny, but that was one of the the. If we're gonna look back in a few years, we're like, why are the Rockets so good? I'm not saying Case and Wallace, or not Case and Wallace. Um, is Case and Wallace? Who did the Rockets draft? That's not uh, Amon Thompson. Um, 
this year. Yeah. He fell to like 19. Uh, and he was supposedly. Okay, Cam Whitmore? Cam oh. Whitmore, yes. He was supposedly going to be a very. Yeah, Whitmore. Like, I think top six player. And he just fell and nobody knew why. I think he went to Villanova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent player. So I knew we were going to talk about the Rockets being pretty good, and that's yeah. kind of a surprise as well. Yeah, it's uh, uh, man. Apparently, Fred Van Fleet and M. Dylan Adoka, Brooks Adoka, are his uh, band of brothers together. Getting uh, Kevin Porter Jr. off the team. Who knew? You just pluses by the minus. Yeah, they're. I remember because I went when I remember looking at their offseason moves and the Fred Van Fleet thing didn't make a hundred percent sense because doesn't necessarily fit that timeline and you know our apprehension on this podcast with the exception of sam to fred van fleet as the idea of a player um but i think for them like yeah fred van fleet's been good and dylan brooks has given you a little more than you thought and Jalen Green's playing pretty well, but I mean, it's it's got to be Alfred Sengun, right? Alfred Sengun, twenty, yeah, nine, and five point six. That he's averaging twenty points, nine boards, and five point five assists as a center. Baby Jokic, that's what his nickname is. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's seen a play, man. He's got some. He's got a, some moves. He's got some moves like Jagger. Big jump for him. Big jump. Guess who's got money on him or most improved player already? <laughs> That's not a bad option. That's although uh, who is it? Um, Tyrese. Has Tyrese it. is going to give him. Tyrese is going to give him a shot. Tyrese Maxey is going to give him a shot. Right now. now that Harden is out of Philadelphia, it's kind of Maxey's officially running the point there, um, and he's falling out too. Those are those are two big ones that, off the top of my head, looking at everything that I think have a really good shot of winning most improved player. Probably wouldn't even be Alpi because he's a second year player and they, they would expect you to make a leap in your second year. It's yeah, but how many guys don't? Yeah, exactly. How many guys don't? Can we just like take that stigma and it's like, you're supposed to get Most it. guys don't. Yeah, I would say most guys don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy when I see, oh yeah, he still made it. He's still around. Yeah, good they look really good in G in the summer league the second year. Yeah, sure. Playing against, you know, Seven Jabari Smith Jr. Yeah. looks great in summer. Yeah, he looks right. fine. Yeah, fine. fine. Yeah, season. yeah. But guess what? He was playing against eighteen-year-olds who've had half a year of college before they got hurt and sat out for the draft. Like, of course, he looks good against them. Right. Had a season of going against LeBron and Jokic <laughs> and all that stuff. He's picked up some things, but don't expect him to all of a sudden make this colossal leap. And when he's back playing against those guys, but when you're able to go from, I think he was. 10, maybe 11 points. What was his freshman, Alpi's number of freshman, freshman year? Uh, not even close to yeah, he's to not even, what he's doing right now. Well. I mean, last year was a, a shit show. Yeah, um, yeah, well. Last year, he was still averaging. So he was 14, 9, and 3. What was his? So is this his second year? This is his second year. Wow, that's not a bad freshman year, man. No, that's not bad. It was it was an underrated freshman year, yeah, because they had Christian Wood on their team. My, well, nope, I lie. This is his third year. Thank third 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 year. Rookie year was nine, five, and three. Always been around that two or three, three, uh, three or four now. Almost five, five and a half. Five and a half assists. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, people are seeing Jokic pass the ball from the seven and be like, hey, look at that guy go. Oh, wow, look at him go. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll try that. Yeah, we'll try wow. that. I'm a little surprised by the Jazz. Jazz are not as good as that. Yeah. I thought they would be better. I would agree. Because they had less last year and did did more with less. They've got a lot of fun yeah. pieces. I was Yeah, I wasn't expecting them to be great. But I thought they'd be better than Houston. I thought they'd be a, a little bit under the Pelicans. You know, I, I didn't see them being 5-11. and 11 And, yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's not like they don't have pieces. They don't really have a bona fide star. But we're seeing a lot of other teams right now be better than them without a bona fide star. The Rockets being one. The Magic being one. Um, uh, I could say Pacers, but at this point, Tyrese is miles better than anybody on the Jazz's roster. So, but yeah, they they surprised me. What about uh, what about your Oklahoma City Thunder sitting at eleven and five? SGA playing pretty darn good as usual, but people people crowning uh, crowning Wemby the Rookie of the Year a little early. You got Chet Holgram averaging eight. 18, 8, and 2.5 right now. He's my rookie of the year. I got, uh, I got some money riding on him. And uh, I think I, I was right to do so when I did because I saw I saw what kind of team the Thunder had compared to the Spurs. The Spurs... Wemby averaging 19, 9.5, and 2.6. So very... Similar and if, stat line. If we're keeping the, the same energy. One team's the, eleven and five. The, one's three and fourteen. As the Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes rookie of the year race, where Evan Mobley had the better better stats and he was the better player, but Scotty Barnes was on a better team. Chet Chet's got more blocks per game too. And so the the narrative shifted to well, you know, they just need him to do more. They just need him. They just need him to do more. So, uh, and he does, and they do better. So, therefore, he's better. He's rookie of the year, so they give him Scotty Barnes. So, keep that same energy when we're looking at this Chet Holmgren yeah. versus uh, Victor Wembanyama rookie of the year race. Yeah. The Spurs have lost 12 straight. Now, I would take 12 straight. Which I think I would take. It's so surprising to me. Because I would. I would take um, uh, uh, Offsar Thompson over Victor Wembanyama as rookie of the year. I would. I put Wendy maybe third or fourth. I'm just surprised that the Spurs are this bad because it's. I look at the roster. Okay, you got Wendy. You've got Vassell, uh, Devin Vassell, who's been pretty good. Kelton Johnson's kind of showing what he does. Zach Collins is 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 being okay. Jeremy Sochan. I mean, too much through Sohan. They're trying. They're they're trying to to not be good. They're they're giving Wendy less, so he can try to figure it out. And I'm just surprised they haven't been able to win a couple more games. Like they're not trying to. They're they're really really not. And it's funny because you can just see the moves that they make. They're they're the the lineups they put out there. They are playing. Uh, who's their who's their backup point guard right now? Trey Trey, Trey Jones. Jones. He's been playing very few minutes with Victor Wembanyama. He's a true point guard. So if you really wanted to have your team do better, you'd play more of your true point guard and your star center together, wouldn't you? They're not. Yeah. They're not doing that. And so that tells me they're trying to develop Sohan being a better ball handler and and trying to do what Oklahoma City has done, where they did it, where they drafted players you could ball handle and teaching them how to score and play defense. 
whereas the Spurs have drafted guys who play defense and don't know how to score and trying to teach them to ball handle. And that's not working. So they're understanding, or at least they should, that they've got a little ways to go. So they need a high draft pick. So I understand Victor Minyama, very good player, could probably get you 30 wins if you let him. But they're mm-hmm. also not. So yeah. another reason why I would not give him rookie of the year. So hopefully the media hasn't already crowned him What's, rookie of the year yet. I'm still wondering what, what there's a, a shot, but the uh, odds are on him on winning rookie of the year right now. Uh, who's who's still in favor if it's uh, Victor or not? Right now it is one day ago. Webinyama minus one fifty five to win. Uh, Chet uh, plus one thirty. So still prohibitive favorite, Victor, Victor Reminyam. Yes. You can still get Chet at plus money. Look at that. Look at that. I know what I'll be doing later tonight. <laughs> yeah, any other teams? Okay, here's one. Um, I think you mentioned this on our last podcast. I was, I think, a little more optimistic about this team's ability to stay afloat and go 500, which they still mathematically could. For the first 20 games, i.e. John Morant's suspension. But Ooh. the Memphis Grizzlies are 3-13, and averaging just 105 points per game, have lost four in a row, are 0-8 at home. Mm. They are the only team in the league who has yet to win a home game. Damn. And it's just, you know, and you mentioned before we started the podcast, you know, obviously there's job, but is was Dylan Brooks that big a... A deal to lose a guy like that, uh, apparently, uh, given the way he's somewhat played for Houston. But I definitely did not see them being this bad. I did not think they would be third, second in the West like they were all of last year. But I expected them to kind of hold serve, go 500, and be serviceable until Jaw got back. But this is this is quite the hole. It, now it's early. It's early and the sixth spot, or sorry, the um, tenth spot for the play-in is only four and a half games ahead of them. So that's a lot when you think of 60 more games for when John Rance could be back. But, you know, they start, if they go they lose seven more games, they're looking, they're staring down the barrel at three and 20. I don't know if just adding John Rance back to this equation. You'd have to go on can, some serious runs. Can save you into a playoff spot. You'd have to go on some serious runs and winning one game, let alone... One multiple ones in a row. At that point, just tank for a draft, tank for a high draft pick. They your your team's great at drafting. They may have traded that away. They may have because they also now have Marcus Smart (laughs) (laughs) and Derek Rose. She's fun. Um, the Warriors. Give them a minute. They're uh, underwhelming. Nine. Yeah, eight nine. Um, in my mind, I mean, Steph Curry been putting on putting on shows. Well, as long as they don't play Scott Foster. <laughs> oh my God. Well, they should have known that when they. That is the baggage you get when you when you have a player like CP. He's just the Scott Foster tax. You know, you're going to lose at least one, maybe two games because he's your ref. Yep. And it was. I mean, it was. I mean, even Steve Kerr was like, CP, you deserve the first team. The second T was like, what What the heck? Like, Foster, I love that. What, what is that guy's deal with him? I mean, I'm not the biggest CP3 fan in general, but, like, come on. Like, every single time, like, the guy does you, CP3 loses every game that you're refing, 
and you give him technicals every game, and you just ejected him. And then ejected, um, God, who else did they eject out of that game? I think it was for someone, I think it was for someone on the opposing team. He ejected someone else that game, too. It was, Foster wasn't having it. The boys are on one, man. Yeah. The, uh, the rest are on one this yeah. year. They ain't fucking around. Yeah. Draymond. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Putting, putting Rudy Gobert in the ch- sleeper choke. Hold. Which, kudos to uh, Rudy. Gotta give him props for props to do. He called it as he saw it. He's like, as soon as Steph wasn't playing, Draymond Green was just, just asked himself, how can I get kicked out of this game? They ran a study. Games where Steph doesn't play. He's almost four times more likely to get himself kicked out or to get ejected from a game. How crazy is that stat? Yeah, they're they're a little underwhelming. Um, I mean, their players are not the players that they used to have, and we've been talking about this for years. They used to have just smart, high IQ, niche basketball players. Sean Livingston's. They had Andre Barbosa's. David West's. Um, what was the the biggest one? Igudala, Harrison Barnes. Those guys were their swing players. They had some players who could do do a lot of things. Kaminga could be one of those players Moody's right now. Moody. Could be, but they don't have the the high IQ players right now. They don't have the the all reliables because Clay is eating up shots and not making them. Draymond Draymond's Draymond, but mm-hmm. the defensive prowess is not as w- w- Wiggins isn't playing. Near as well as he was last year. No, not Wiggins was almost twenty points per game. He's down to eleven right now. And let me look at his efficiency because I can't imagine it's very high if he's taking that big a drop. Um, yeah, twenty five percent from three, fifty six from the free throw line, forty from the field. Like, yeah, his stats have plummeted. Yeah. I mean, it's it. Like, so not only are the high IQ bench role players no no longer there, you've replaced them with a lot of young guys. The core that you've had for years is another year older, and the only thing you really did with them was add an even, even older player into the mix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all you did. And yeah, it's like, oh, there's this idea that this could be a good team, and yes, they are still just two years removed from a. From a w, from from an NBA title. If, if the season was thirty two games, but you're also like another clay injury removed from that title, and Draymond is becoming less of the player that he that makes him special. Yeah, that makes him special is every year, and there's less big tall centers that he yes. gets to match up against and just dominate. Yeah, he's excellent against taller, bigger players. But when the player is his size but has better skills than he does, he's still pretty tough. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Not to say that on offense, I guess, he's able to get dominated more because he's able to play defense, but he's not as quick against the smaller guys. So he's starting to age out of that bracket of it. Yeah, they've they've got some holes. And I I don't know if they were hoping to rely more on Andrew Wiggins. Hopefully not, because it's that's not like that's, that is not once has an NBA team shown that that's an ideal situation. Was to rely on Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> not once, and that's not like a, a knock against him. That's just not the player that he is best at being. If that makes sense, that's not his preferred role. No, he's got to be the the guy in the corner who just puts on. And you're like, oh shit, I forgot about him. 
Man, I got him too. Kill one of those guys. To uh, talk to me about the about our twelve and four Timberwolves. And T Wolves. Uh, they, uh, they figured out how to play with two seven footers now. Uh, we we'll finally got, got, got finally have some cohesion with playing with Towns and Gobert. Obviously, Anthony Edwards leads this team. Um, kind of is is the focal point of it. But I agree. I agree. Know. It's a uh... It's took take a while, to say the least. Um, but not having Carl Anthony Towns for a, a large number of games last year really put a hamper in in that development. But once they finally had him back and get got into a groove, got some sets down, some practice, the repetition. Uh, Mike Conley, consummate professional, able to work with damn near any type of play mm-hmm. you throw at him. Yeah. One of the only players who can play with Rudy Gobert really, really well. So he's actually able to utilize Rudy's offensive skills, which were not utilized for a large portion of yeah. the year. I mean, yeah, I mean they, they they played multiple years together in in Utah, so they they know how that works. And Anthony Edwards also trusting him more. I've seen him pass the ball to Rudy uh, as inbounds and and, pa- and you know pass ins go, which I didn't see him do before. Yeah, uh, so he's starting to trust. Uh, his assist numbers have gone up pretty yeah. significantly this year. He's at like five three, versus he's kind of been more of a three, three assist kind of a, a game kind of guy. So his defense has taken a step up as well, which is very impressive um, on the perimeter, which has been a Achilles heel for Rudy Gobert teams. He's always had some weak ass perimeter defending. Uh, and and what sucks for for that for that not only like. Like, you, you know, you can't pull Gobert away from the basket, obviously. But then, like, you also have Towns. And there's been spurts in Towns' career where, like, you don't want him to be pulled away from the basket, too. And I think Towns is – I think Gobert's is kind of more of, like, physical limitations. Like, he's just not quick enough versus I think a lot of Towns has been more effort-driven. Yeah. Like, you just don't want to go out and make the extra effort to guard a perimeter guy. So, I think the fact that they're getting those defensive contributions on the perimeter is really helpful because I, there is – and I think – kind of last year's show, there's the universe where it's like, we're going to be an absolute defensive liability team because we've got two giant guys who can't guard five feet outside of the basket. Um, but yeah, they're holding opponents right now to 106 points per game. That's tops in the league. There's only one or two teams who are defending in terms of points per game at a better at a better clip right now. So They're, which is almost... For a while, it was like a historic defense that they were putting up, which was impressive. Um, they've fallen back to earth a little bit with with more numbers, um, but uh, it's it's been good to see. I'm happy. I, I honestly am to see that franchise do a little bit more than just mediocre. So hopefully, they've got their guy in and Edwards, and I think he's going to be a highlight reel for years to come. What's going to be interesting is the contention and contenders between them and the Thunder in their in terms of their youth and uh, uh, contracts, whether they've been laid out. The Thunder are going to be coming up on some yeah, questions they're, they're, they're kind of on like two sides of the proverbial hill, right? Yeah, because the Thunder have pretty much given everybody the contracts. Versus, or not the, the, the timber, the timber, the Timberwolves have already given everyone the contracts, yeah. and the Thunder are like. Okay, we are about to have to shell out precipitous to all of these, yeah. and obviously SGA got his extension already. Got his money, but you got a couple years on Chet, but Jalen Williams. You've got you got both Jalen Williams. You're gonna have Jalen Williams. Dor- oh no, Lou, Lou Dort got a deal. Lou, Lou Dort got, got a deal like deal. last year. 
um, or two years ago. So he he's going to be fine. But guys like Trey Mann and Aaron Wiggins, they're not in. They they are good players. Uh, oh, Isaiah Joe. Mm-hmm. You have to pay him. It's 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 so it's so interesting looking at this roster. We need a big guy, which is. You need a big, big guy. Well, not to say that we don't have a big guy, but we would like to have a... Um, Steven Adams? Oh, which is, well, I've been teasing. <laughs> I've been teasing Steven Adams coming back to the Thunder, uh, but then he went and freaking had another season-ending injury, so that's not going to happen. No, but maybe... I'm trying to think of a guy... Who would be a guy that would there is a be way. available? No, you don't think anyone's available? Not for what we... Well, we could pay a lot. We could do a lot of different things. And you want someone who fits the timeline. That's the thing. I don't know if we do. I don't know no? if we do. I think you, you, don't have have those, you need to have those rotational players. It's like we have in fantasy where you kind of can't have a stack stack roster of too many good guys because you still need some people to rotate mm-hmm. in order to get a yeah. good throughput. So maybe like a, a Kavon Looney type. Now I don't think you're going to get him, but like what's 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 the archetype player here? Is it uh, Kavon Looney? Is it more like, more like Jonas Valanciunas or Clint Capella? Honestly, if you you're gonna, you're gonna think a little bit of outside ability. Yusuf Nurkic. Nurk? Which I really don't like. I do not like Yusuf Nurkic. I do not want him to be on the team, but Yusuf Nurkic. That's <laughs> which is the conundrum. Yusuf Nurkic does. Well, you know. Uh yeah. Portland or, Black, Robert Robert Williams. If we take that yeah. after another injury. <laughs> What a terrible <laughs> offer. When someone said Robert Williams, I thought that was an awful, awful toss-up. You don't know why? They're like, he's so, he's a good center. He's a great center. He's a he's a seven footer. He is not seven foot. He's about, six about, oh, here, here we go. Here we go. What about like a Nick Claxton? Not big enough. No, you want bigger. No, I want like Jalen Duran. That's what I want. So two first rounds. Why not? They've already got some other guy they're playing. Two first round picks for Jalen Duran. Maybe he's super young, and he's definitely not a shooter. He's a big dude, but I don't know. Yeah, six ten. He's six ten. Mm-hmm. He's a, well. He's gonna grow because he's nineteen. <laughs> Twenty now, but yes, six ten, two fifty. Let's see what his stats are on the year. I go to the Pistons, the Morbun Pistons, two and fourteen. The only team more unwatchable is probably the Wizards. Talk about a shit show. Yeah. Or if they could get a plug and play. He's averaging twelve and twelve and ten right now. If they could get a plug and play center, that'd be even better because having a young center is tough because they're rarely that good. You want to have like a older center. Okay. What about the other Pistons center, Isaiah Stewart? Possible eleven and sa- he's he's a little more undersized. He's six eight. Yeah, exactly. He's not that tall. That's the that's the tough part. He's tenacious. I'll give him that, but like not tall enough. And a guy like Jared Allen, not thick enough. I want I want a big dude. Capella. I do not want Clint Capella. I knew it was going to come to Clint Capella, and I was like, I don't know what it is, but I don't want Clint Capella. He he's gonna be fine, but I I fear his injury's coming. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're not getting Sabonis, although that would be nice. That would Thomas be, Bryant. That you don't want that. The guy who rode the bench for the Lakers last year. 
I suppose, no. but who's going up against an athletic no. Anthony Davis? No shit. I would, man, Sabonis would be a lot of fun with SGA, though. Sabonis now would be a lot of fun. We used to have him. That's true. But we drafted him. They they also were like playing him at like the three when they drafted him. Like they weren't. They, like he wasn't big enough to play in the post yet. They did not play him where they should have played him. This is true. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it'll take a while before he's off. Before he's he's back coming around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if they had Zion. Oh fuck, man, that'd be sick. Here's five picks. Five picks for Zion. That's that's true. You do have the benefit of being like, how many picks do you want? We can probably afford to double it. The Pelicans are one of the worst teams for us to trade with for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're within the Western Conference. Number two, they also have a They also already have have a lot of Lakers picks. A lot of picks. Actually, they're almost done with the Lakers picks. They're close. Close to being done. Um, They haven't done as much with it as they... The Pelicans? Yeah. Well, no, because every year they sit there and they're like 20 games in. It's like, all right, we're just waiting for Zion to come back. And they still don't have a point guard. You know, you, you traded Lonzo Ball away, and now obviously Lonzo's had his injury um, issues. So I guess that was a good move for the Pelicans. But you just, you know. Those are one you, thing you, stepping yeah, in the way. Yeah, you, you've got Brendan Ingram, you've got Zion, but then you just you keep taking on older players like they've been able since playing together. i like mccollum and i like valentunas but like by no means do i think this is the best spot for either of them you know like this is a relatively young roster outside of those two guys well since playing together at least ingram and zion they've been showing better cohesiveness it's not been not been awesome when they're together and they haven't been playing together a lot yeah, I, you know i just i feel like i haven't and maybe it's just, i feel like i haven't heard anything about the pelicans this season or zion maybe that's a good thing that we're we're not just well, he, hearing the reporters going well zion's out again or brandon ingram's having more issues with other things but so that's what it has been that's that's been what it's been for like the first six or seven games since they've been coming back and playing together jose alvarado's back since they've been getting guys back in the lineup trey murphy's been fine um it's been better. They've been putting on more of a show. They've been having a better, it seems more fun. I think Zion was also asked to take a lesser role. They wanted to run some other stuff, some new things through other players. And he understandably was a little bit missed by that. He's like, but I am an instant bucket. Like I can just score whenever. Why wouldn't you want that? So I, I can see it from the, uh, the other side, from the coach's side as well. But anyway, They've since gone back to using using him when they need him more often than not. Um, but they do have to develop their other other guys. Their point guard situation is still not great. Dyson Daniels is okay. Um, who's that guy that they got in the draft? The Pelicans, but okay. Uh, he's been hurt. The Pelicans got uh, Hawkins from UConn in the draft. Yeah, he's just not ready yet. That's his deal. His, his deal. He's he's gonna be there. Just take him take him a little while. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for them. I think they're gonna be better than they are right now. Um, closer to the line, the plan versus uh, you know, non-playing line. But. It, it it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and how the um. How the in-season tournament plays out. See what team uh, prevails in that uh, in 
that universe of I think of after the they we really don't know who's playing who right now. Um, just from the sample, we still need like we still need like the I think there's like eight games tomorrow, which are all play, and then we'll know them. There it is. Um, and then I mean yeah, because there are only two teams have their spots clinched right now. Um, seating and who plays who and all that stuff still needs to be figured out. So. But we'll be sure to get you another cast before that happens. Yeah, very least a, a, a look in, a kind of a preview, if you will, of the in-season official tournament. tournament now that we're about to be out of full play. Just uh, shout-outs to our uh, our Dayton Flyers playing against the other night. Obi Toppin, Tumani Kamara, Pacers v. Trailblazers. There we go. Excited for that one. You can see our, our two fellow Dayton Flyer alums square off, both starting right now. Great to see Kamara starting, and it's, it's his defensive prowess that's getting him those minutes. And frankly, I get two minutes as a rookie. Defense, baby. Defense. Also playing on a bad team. Sorry, Port- sorry, Portland. <laughs> sorry. You knew what you were doing. Sorry. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> All right, boys. Until next time. Peace.